give uh, this service over to you. I pray that as we transition into the word, Lord, that our hearts would remain in this place, Lord, that your presence would be close to us and that, um, that we would be open to hear your words, uh, not my words, not my inflections, but Lord, what you have to say to us. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear your word tonight. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. So I know we took a short break for a while, but tonight we're continuing our sermon series on embracing the awkward and uh, embracing different aspects of our faith. And um, in the past, we talked about faith and prayer, uh, or not faith, we talked about prayer and uh, the ways that we can embrace the awkward with that. Um, And so uh, I want to know, how many of you guys, by a show of hands, know that you're introverted? How many of you guys, by a show of hand, know that you're extroverted? Well, that's one more than, uh, than we usually have had in here recently. Um, so my wife and I, we are completely different people, and now she's not here, so I can say what I wanted to say. No. Um, we're very different people. Uh, I know this might come as a surprise to some of you guys, but I am extremely extroverted. I am so extroverted. I know it's a surprise, right? I am so extroverted that, like, pretty much the only time that I spend alone is when I am doing sermon prep. And so you can understand, I love preaching, but I absolutely despise sermon prep because I'm down in my office by myself and and getting into the word. And that is really the only time that I'm alone my entire week. And so I know for some of you guys that are introverts, that almost gives you a panic attack just thinking about how often I am with and around people. But um, my wife is completely different. She's introverted. And so um, I didn't know when we got married, uh, when we met, that uh, there was even such a thing as introverted people. Like I knew introverted and extroverted was a thing, but like I just assumed everybody was like me and liked being around people all the time. So we got married and I'm around my wife all of the time. And now all of a sudden she's not able to have time as an introvert. And so eventually came a time where I wanted to go hang out with friends and my wife wanted to finally get some introverted time. And so I was like, hey, I'm, we want to go hang out with some friends tonight, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, how about you go without me? Well, for me, an extrovert, I genuinely thought that, like, she was mad at me. And so, like, I didn't know. I was like, I had no clue. Like, legit, I had no clue that people wanted to be alone. And so I was like, uh, are you sure? Like, I can just stay home if you don't want to go. And she was like, no, no, no. I want you to go please get out of the house. And so then I really thought she was mad at me. And so I was like, no, 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 I can stay. And she's like, seriously, get out of the house. You were driving me crazy. And so me, that kind of verbiage, I genuinely thought that she was upset with me then. And so I get out of the house and I go hang out with my friends. But the entire time I'm like thinking about what I did wrong. What did I do to make her upset at me? And so I start texting her like, hey, how are you doing? How is your night going? <laughs> like, what's going on? And so I went into what, as guys, those of you guys are girls, um, guys, we have this thing where when you tell us a problem, we don't listen. We try to fix it. So instead of just listening and observing and, and responding, so guys, this is for you. Girls, they want to talk about their problems, but they want you to shut up and listen. They don't need you to fix their problems. They're capable of fixing their problems. 
They just want you to know and sympathize with their problems. But guys, we have this thing where we want to fix your problems. And so I went into fix it help mode. And so I'm texting her trying to figure out how I can help her be less upset and figure out what I did wrong. So then when I do get home, she actually is mad at me at that point because I robbed her of one opportunity where she could finally get some introverted time. And so Courtney slowly but surely started to to convince me and teach me that introverts, you guys genuinely like being alone. Like, I don't know, but like that scares me that you like being alone. I don't understand the concept. When I'm alone, if it's alone, if I'm alone, I can't sit in the quiet. Like I have to turn music on, I have to turn the TV on, and I have to be on my phone so it feels like I'm around people. If I'm alone and it's quiet, I go crazy. 10 seconds and I'm done. Like sit here for a second. Everybody just stop talking. Just that is annoying for extroverts. Like we have to have volume, we have to have content. It's it, seriously, extroverts, was that annoying or is that not annoying? It, it was seriously annoying. Exactly. And so um, eventually I started to realize that, hey, my wife actually does enjoy weird, I don't know, enjoy being alone. And so I started to learn and adapt and change and I started giving her more and more opportunities to be alone. And as I gave her more and more opportunities to be alone, our relationship improved. She wasn't as cranky with me about absolutely nothing at times because I recognized that sometimes she just needed alone time. And so I would find a friend, usually it was Jordan or Matt, and go play some disc golf on the weekend so that she could have a block of four or five hours so that she could just have some alone time. And so my only real problem was just that I didn't know that she needed that. But as time went on, I started to change and I started to understand her better. And that change was good. And it was for both the benefit of me and her. Because as I grew in that, and she also knew that like, I don't like being alone. And so she understood why I just needed to get out of the house and go hang out with friends. And so that change was good. And it happened over time. I got better and better at understanding her and her needs. She got better and better at understanding me and my needs. And so change can be beneficial. That kind of a change, seeing the change that needs to happen within my relationship with my wife and recognizing, hey, she's built a little different than me. And so I can do things to help understand her and I can do things to help her de-stress that don't even necessarily need me to be around. Learning and adapting and changing over time really helped our relationship and helped me and it helped Courtney. But sometimes change isn't for the benefit. So I can remember the most dramatic thing that happened to me growing up was I remember when I was eight years old and my brother, he went off to college. He was 11 years older than me and he left for college about three and a half hours away. And so this is a guy that I looked up to, that he was my mentor. He was kind of a father figure to me, even though he's my brother. And uh, at the same time, when that when he left, I didn't know this, but he used to help shelter me from some of the trauma that I would experience growing up. I know some of you guys know my background, some of you guys know my history, but I'm not going to get into all of the details, but he was no longer there to shelter me from that. And so when he left, that's when a lot of that trauma and a lot of that stuff that happened to me as a kid started. And so for me, I can remember my brother leaving for college very vividly because it was the start of all of that. And so for me, in that instance, change was bad. 
And so for a long time, it was hard for me to recognize change as being good because that was the most traumatic event of my life because it changed everything. It changed the dynamics of our family. It changed my relationship with my family. It changed everything. And so um, it took me a long time to start to realize that change is good. And really when it comes down to it, as a Christian, change is important. Our adaption, our ability to adapt is important. And so I would say that change, good change, is crucial in our process of sanctification. And sometimes even bad change, God still will use bad changes in order to, in order to help sanctify us, in order to help grow us, in order to help us get closer to God. And so that word sanctification. So sanctification is the act or process of being freed from sin or purified. Sanctification is a cool thing. I know it seems like we're going from change, we're talking about introverts to extroverts, and now we're talking about sanctification, but I hope that you guys can follow me in this. Sanctification, it's both instantaneous and gradual. It's a really cool concept. So the sanctification, the process of being freed from our sin and being purified in a relationship with Jesus is both instantaneous and progressive. And so it's instantaneous because Jesus bore our sins. He died for us. He died on the cross so that when we give our life to Jesus, we're instantly sanctified because of his act. We are made new. Second Corinthians 5 says that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. So because of a relationship with Jesus, we are sanctified. We are made pure. We are a new creation. But Romans 12 tells us that sanctification is also a continual process. And so we're going to look at Romans 12. If you guys want to turn, we're going to be there very briefly today. If not, it will be on the screen as usual. <clears throat> Romans 12 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. And so through the renewal of our minds, we are transformed as we live this life into more of an image of Jesus. We begin to become more and more like him. If you guys were here a few weeks back when we had our uh, bring a friend night, I talked a lot about how my transformation happened over a long period of time. But when I look back to my relationship before Jesus, I really can tangibly see that person as a totally different person than I am now because I have continually improved and I've continually gotten closer and closer to Jesus. And so next we're going to look at Philippians 1, and we're just, we're going to be there quick. So, um, and it says, I am sure of this, that he who began a, a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. And so what these scriptures are telling us, they're beginning to paint a picture of change. So when we as Christians, because of Jesus, we are changed, but also because of the Holy Spirit, we continue to change. We're gradually changing. We're gradually growing. <clears throat> and so when it comes down to it, change for a Christian, I'm repeating myself a few times, and as you guys know, I repeat myself on important things. Change for a Christian should be embraced. 
Change is good. Change is beneficial. Change can be very, very beneficial for us. Now, here's the tricky part. This is where the sermon starts to get a little bit more interesting because we live in a world that's absolutely obsessed with, with instant gratification. I mean, it is wholly obsessed with the right here, the right now, the instant. And when it comes down to it, our forms of entertainment have started to get, become more and more instant. We went from YouTube videos that ranged in 40 or uh, um, 15 to 20 minute long to now we're looking at 60 second videos and now we're looking at 30 second videos. And the faster the video can be funny, the more entertaining it is and the more likes it gets. Everything is becoming so instantaneous now that our cell phones, like we don't even have the time to actually properly log into our phones. We just push a little button on the back and it'll pop up, it'll read our fingerprint, and unlock our phone. Now phones even have facial recognition. So you just pull your phone up to your face, it recognizes you, and it'll open up your favorite app if you want it to. Like, we're absolutely obsessed with the instant and the convenient. Our society as a whole is that way. And honestly, us as Christians are slowly going that way. And that puts us as Christians in a tricky spot. Because what happens is we start to buy into what the world is telling us. And if it's not happening right here, right now, super fast, we start to truly believe that it either isn't real, it isn't worth it, or it's not possible. And that can be a very dangerous thing for Christians to buy into. Because that instant gratification, that obsession with instant gratification starts to create this false narrative that isn't accurate about the rest of the world. Very little that is worth it is instant. The vast majority of things that are truly worth having and worth doing take time. But we're taught that it needs to be more and more instant. And so we have to, as Christians, intentionally invite change into our lives. We have to start asking for change. We have to start seeking change. We can't keep, uh, we can't keep doing the same things we've been doing over and over again and hope that we're going to get different results. And the cool thing is, the best kinds of change are done with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and helps us to change and to grow. And so, intentionality. It must have been a wind or something. Intentionality. Intentionality is exactly what we're talking about. Purposely inviting change into our lives, seeking out change, and actually progressively getting more and more uh, adapted to change. We've done sermons on getting out of your comfort zone. We've talked about embracing the awkward. We've talked about getting out of your comfort zone this semester already too. Really what we're talking about when we say getting out of your comfort zone is intentionally inviting change into your life and getting out of your comfort zone and seeking out ways that you can grow and get better and become a better Christian. And so not, what I'm not talking about is becoming a better singer. 
I'm not talking about becoming a better musician. I'm not talking about becoming a better athlete. I'm not talking about getting better at talents, the things that you're good at, school, your job. I'm not talking about growing and changing in those ways because when it comes down to it, God isn't going to be impressed by your talent. It doesn't matter how good you are at something. God's not going to be impressed with your talents because he's the one who gave them to you in the first place. The one thing that God is impressed with is our faith. He's not impressed with how good you can play guitar. He's not impressed with how awesome you are at shooting hoops. He's not impressed with any of your talents or abilities because he's the one who gave them to you. The only thing that impresses Jesus, the only thing that impresses God is our faith. I'm going to let that sink in for a second because I think that's an important truth for us to hang on to tonight. And so really, that's what we're getting at tonight. And I'm going to make tonight's sermon kind of short. I know it's cold. You guys got homework, all that stuff. But really, that's what tonight is about. That's what we're talking about with change and embracing the awkward and seeking out change and growth is changing for the right reasons. And change for the right reasons is powered by faith. Jordan, if you don't mind. Because what it comes down to is, as we embrace change, we embrace growth, and we embrace adaptation, we embrace hard things, hard truths. As we begin to do those things for the right reasons, and we begin to do those things out of a faith based in Jesus, that's when our lives are changed. That's when we grow. That's when we get past that thing we're struggling with. So often we pray to Jesus, hey, make my life easier. Hey, give me the energy to do this. Hey, I want you to do this for me. I want you to do this for me. We start to treat Jesus as a genie who's just granting our wishes. And on the flip side, I feel like Jesus finds those things important, but He's calling us to a deeper relationship with Him. And so sometimes He can give us those things instantly. He can transform our lives instantly. But it's not going to benefit our faith in Him. It's not going to grow our faith in Him. And so as we embrace the changes that we need to make in our lives through faith, and through a relationship with Jesus, that's when we begin to have less stress. That's when we begin to have less anxiety. That's when we begin to have a less chaotic life. That's when it starts to feel like um, we actually have control over our life a little bit. It's through a faith in Jesus Christ. And so when we grow our level of faith and we begin to dive deeper into our faith, our lives are changed. The lives around us are changed. Our family members, I mean, the fact that I'm even standing here comes from intentional seeking out change and adaptation 
in building and seeking out my faith. Because when it comes down to it, the reason I'm here, the reason I'm a pastor, and, and now I have family members who are giving their lives to Christ is because of faith. And because I have been willing to face change and grow from it. And so the rest of the sermon really wasn't relevant until right now. The rest of it was just a building point to get to this point. Because when it comes down to it, I really truly believe that tonight the Holy Spirit is asking each and every single one of you guys to get onto another level. He's asking you to get deeper with Him. He's asking you and calling you in. And the way that you're going to get deeper with God and the way that you're going to grow in your relationship with God is you are going to have to face change. You're going to have to embrace change because if you continue going through college the same way that you've been going through college, your relationship with Jesus is going to stay exactly the same. We have to seek change. We have to seek growth. We have to embrace that process. Japheth, Jesus is calling you to a deeper level of faith. That audition that you might be stressed about in the future, he's saying, dude, I want you to trust me through the process and do what I've called you to do. But I want, to, I want you to walk into it with an understanding that I have made you who I have made you to be. And I want you to walk in your true character. I don't want you to adapt and change and become more like the world. I want you to be more like me, more like Jesus. Donovan, I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying that your very career, I know it's been stressful and it's been hard trying to figure out one way or the other what you're going to do but I feel like Jesus is saying that really what it comes down to is, do you trust Jesus? And as he shows you the little pieces, and he's already began to show you pieces. We've had conversations about this. But as he begins to show you those little pieces, it's going to become clearer and clearer who he wants you to be in the career and the, the future that he wants you to walk into. And so for right now, he's asking you to begin to change your daily habits so that you can get more intimate with him. So that through that process, you can begin to see clearer what he has for you. I'm not going to do this for everybody, but Matt, your stress levels, man. He just wants you to rest in him. He wants you to change, change the habits you need to change so that you can just rest. He's equipped you. He's called you to do some things that have raised your stress levels. But if he's called you to do those things, then he can take care of the stress. He'll make the ends meet. He'll make it happen. You're good. And he's wanting you to change the way that you think about stress. Stress isn't from the hardships of life. Change is the way we view the hardships of life.
Amber, I feel like, I know, I fought it because I feel like you didn't want me to call on you. But I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying that true rest comes from Him, not from getting a good night of sleep. And as you begin to seek Him more and seek Him closer, you're going to find that rest that you're seeking. And so for some of you guys, having more faith means getting out of your comfort zones. It means sharing the gospel with a friend. It means inviting him to small group, inviting him to service, having a conversation about Jesus with him. For some of you guys, faith in Jesus and change and embracing that change means that you've got to start letting it go and stop picking it back up as soon as you walk away. I feel like a lot of times we take this stress and this burden and we go to God and we pray about it and we put it at His feet and we say, God, I'm giving you control of this. I'm giving you authority of this. I want you to take care of this. I'm giving this over to you. And then as we walk away, we pick it back up and throw it on our shoulders and walk off with it, still worrying, still being pressured about the thing that we just let go. For some of you, that change is letting it go. Truly letting it go. And when you walk away, stop thinking about it. Let God have it. For some of you, more faith might mean that you need to take your walk with Jesus a little more seriously. That you need to take some of your free time and take it off of your cell phone, off of social media, off of your TV, off your computer, and dedicate it to time with God. Spending time in the Bible, a devotional, find a good book that'll help you in your walk with Christ and spend some time in prayer. And for some of you, more faith is just simply trusting in the Holy Spirit, letting go of that tight grip on your future that you have, and instead asking God, what do you have for me? And for some of you guys, it might just mean cutting back cutting that extracurricular activity that you think is going to look great on your resume, I can promise you it might look great on your resume, but if you're sacrificing your relationship with God in order to make that happen, it's not going to be worth it. Some of you guys need to cut back so that you can dedicate more time to your relationship with Jesus, so that you can be more involved in this ministry, that you can be more involved in your time with God. And so tonight, I feel like some of you guys, God is saying, just like he did to Isaiah, when he said, whom shall I send as a messenger to your family, a messenger to your friends, a messenger to your classmates, teachers, coworkers? Jesus, uh, or not Jesus, when God asked Isaiah, whom should I send as a messenger to these peoples? Some of you guys having more faith and changing your path and changing your future is simply going to be your response to be more like Isaiah's and saying, here I am, Lord, send me. Getting out of your comfort zone and sharing your faith might be the next greatest thing you do. And it could be the next key in unlocking your identity in Christ. Because when it comes down to it,
I think if we all take a second and everybody close your eyes. I think if we all take a second and we just contemplate our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with God and our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we try to think back on those pivotal moments, those key moments, those life-changing moments, those experiences where we felt God's presence or where God spoke to us clearly. Or maybe those moments where God healed us of something. When we think back to those moments and just remember how you felt in that moment. What was God saying to you? What did it feel like? I want to challenge you because if you've been silent about your faith and you've been hesitant to share your faith with those around you, your family members or those, your roommate, your classmates, those friends you have outside of Chi Alpha, if you've been hesitant, you're not saving yourself from an awkward conversation. You're not saving yourself from them being mad at you or anything like that. By not sharing your faith, you're not saving yourself from anything. All you're doing is you're withholding those same feelings that you've had with God. And you're saying that I don't want to share those with other people. And so for some of you guys... God's calling you to change the way you think and act about your faith. To stop allowing your faith to be your faith. And intentionally start to help your faith spread to those around you. So I just want to take a second and just ask God. Just say, God, Holy Spirit, what's the one thing, what's the the key thing, that number one thing that you're calling me to change? That one thing that is going to grow my faith like no other. What is that one thing that you're calling me to do? Make that prayer your own. We're going to just take a couple seconds.
The next thing I want you to do is take out your phones. Whatever reminder app you use or whatever, however you like to remind yourself, if you don't have anything, just text yourself. Text your own phone number. And write down what God called you to change. Write down what the Holy Spirit was speaking to you. In a couple weeks, we're going to have our, we're going to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. I love talking about the Holy Spirit. I feel like the Holy Spirit is the forgotten part of the Trinity. I think at times we recognize God and His power. We recognize Jesus and the importance of Him dying on the cross and who He is. But I feel like we under talk about the Holy Spirit. And I like to take one week per year and just focus on the Holy Spirit. And that's going to be coming up, not this next week, but it'll be in a, in a couple weeks before semester break. One of the things we believe in, in Chi Alpha and in the Assemblies of God is that the Holy Spirit is active today. We believe that the Bible is pretty clear that the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, they've continued into today's day and age. And, um, and I I just want to share a word that I've gotten that I feel like the Holy Spirit has asked me to share. And so um, I'll explain what this is in a couple weeks. But for now, I just I feel like I need to be obedient. Uh, Abigail, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to you that at times you have disqualified yourself because of your past and your experiences. And instead, the Holy Spirit is saying that he has compensated and actually qualified you to a higher position because of those experiences in your life. And so he's charging you to stop counting those things against you and to start embracing and walking in who he's called you to be. But anyway, so tonight we're going to close with this, but if you didn't come up with something and there isn't anything that you feel like uh, came to your mind right away, that's okay. I encourage you, if you didn't have something to write down, take some time before you go to bed and really think about this and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you on it. Because sometimes it doesn't mean that 
God wasn't talking to you or anything like that and that you're different than the people who got something. It just means sometimes the Holy Spirit's wanting a more intimate conversation with you. And he's charging you to have this conversation with him one-on-one rather than within a group. And so if you didn't come up with anything, nothing came to your mind, I encourage you to take some time, get alone, and spend some time with God before you go to bed and ask him that same thing. Ask him, what can I change that will help grow my faith in you? And so let's end in prayer. Lord, uh, we thank you for who you are. and We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And tonight as we embrace the awkward, we recognize that change is essential for our walk with you. I pray that you would start bringing about those changes in our lives that we need in order to grow closer. Those changes that we need to grow in our faith in you. I pray, Lord, that our hearts wouldn't be hard, that we wouldn't be stubborn with this, Lord, but we would seek out ways to grow in our faith in you. And whenever you're speaking to these students, Lord, I pray that you would solidify it in their hearts, that they wrote down the message in their phone, they've, they sent themselves a text or whatever, however they'd like to do that. But Lord, I just pray that you would bring it to their mind continuously over the rest of this week and, and in the next weeks to come before the end of the semester. And I pray that they would begin to seek out that change and they would begin to embrace that change in order to grow closer to you. Lord, we give ourselves over to you and we pray for your will to be done in our lives. And we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in the name of prayer.